Hello and welcome to the Revive Podcast. I'm Kerry Kaufman, pastor of Connection and Discipleship here at Neighborhood Church. Thanks for joining us. Each week we create and we curate resources to help people thrive in Christ, and it's all available at neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. Uh, we've got our classic crew back here today. Today I'm here back with Mike. Hey, how you doing? And with Justin. Hey, Kerry, how are you? So we are back at it, and we are diving into Colossians again. Uh, we're going to be in Colossians 2, uh, verse 6 through 23, I believe. So that's the end of um, chapter 2. So if you can pause the podcast, go ahead and listen um, or read that. Um, check out where we've been in Scripture and where we were preaching on Sunday morning. And then you can dive back into our conversation where we dive a little bit deeper, go a little bit further, and talk about some things we didn't have time to chat about on Sunday morning. So uh, Mike and Justin, here we are. We There's a whole bunch of things mentioned in chapter two that Paul warns us not to get caught up in. Um, and uh, and he just has a whole bunch of list of different things that he brings up. Um, kind of some confusion there as to what those things might be, as to how those were tempting for the Colossian Christians back in the first century. Um, let's start wading into what some of those things were. Yeah, that's it's a there's a mixed bag, and I believe there'll be a video link to one of our elders, uh, former elders, uh, Forker Smith, who kind of walks through some of the study that he's done about what could have been the um, issues that were facing the believers in Colossae. Uh, that city was had, like any city, had a lot of different beliefs rolling into it. Christianity obviously was very young at the time, and this new faith coming in uh, was tested against all the other different facets of thinking, whether it was uh, Roman paganism or some other crazy sect that had come up or even uh, with uh, dealing with kind of different versions of Jewish faith, uh, some really strong like Pharisees over into the rules of things and some others trying to incorporate Christian views, of Christ teachings into Judaism and the mix of the two. And so it was, it was a hotbed of, uh, of issues going on. And you can imagine as this, these young believers trying to figure out which way to go. And so Paul writes this letter. That's probably one of the purposes of this letter to kind of set them straight. And here in this particular section, chapter 2, verse 6 to 23, he lists some of the um, uh, actions that these uh, other philosophies were trying to get these Christians to kind of take on. And so he gives the answer, which always comes back to Jesus, but that's kind of just the the, the gist of it. I know, Justin, you, you had some more uh, on that as well. Yeah, well, I think that that that's a key point you make there, Mike, that it all comes back to Jesus, because I what I have found fascinating in studying this, um, I went to Biola where, or Talbot, which is part of Biola and Clint Arnold taught several of my new Testament classes. This is kind of his thing. And, and he talks about, you know, kind of folk belief in Asia Minor during that time. And he's written a lot on that. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm pretty settled on that. And then as I start studying uh, another scholar who I really respect, he's like, this is just Jewish mysticism. And so I'm, I, I'm, midweek, I'm pretty frustrated last week. I'm like, okay, then what is this? I thought I had it nailed down, but this makes a lot of sense. And, um, and then I kind of turned to taking some solace in like, maybe it's good that we don't exactly, aren't exactly able to nail this down because then we might keep it in the first century as opposed to thinking, okay, so whether it's Jewish mysticism, whether it's this folk belief, the point of all of this is that Jesus is greater than all of it. You know, um, 
that he is uh, that he's the answer that they're looking for, um, and they're searching down all these other routes, and uh, and he's it, you know. And and I mean that whole point of I think it's verses eight to fifteen or so is really looking at this is what Jesus has done, and 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 it ends. We were, we were talking before we hit record. We we're talking sports a little bit, and and I and I mentioned in our my sermon yesterday that. Um, you know, at the end of a, a Super Bowl or a championship season isn't complete without a parade. And even this, you know, that last verse 15 is is this image of Jesus triumphing and then basically taunting these powers and these demons or or spiritual forces, whatever, that he's greater than that. And he's walking them through um, humiliating them. You know, and I said, you know, we don't we don't do that. We just have parades. We don't bring the other team through and let everyone throw tomatoes at them or anything like that. But uh, oh, but. <laughs> you know, so it's a little, it's a not, not, not as intense in our parades, but that idea of, Hey, whatever this is and whatever our deal is, you know, um, Jesus is, is really the answer to that. And and everything is being examined in light of who he is and what he's done. Um, at least for believers, that's, that's where we start. So, right. And, um, I, th- and I think, you know, I think that the, 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 like you mentioned, verse 15 is key in this, when he says that he, that's Jesus disarmed the rules and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him and his mm-hmm. death on the cross, you know, as you just died, the first before that nailed our sins to the death to, his, to the cross, he paid the penalty for our sin. He is the ultimate rule. He is is the one who's in charge. And then we go back to verse uh, 15 through uh, 17 in, in verse one, that, you know, he is the creator. He's the one, this is his house, his rules. And, and the truth is, is that there are a lot of different philosophies that come our way in every, uh, every so often new philosophies hit the fan and, and we have to take them and bring them to the word of God and say, is this right? Is what mm-hmm. we should would follow? And it's very clear that anything that doesn't place Christ central in our life is not right. And we need to put him as the king, him as the boss, him as the leader, him as the greatest influence in our life, and then let his uh, way of life, his rules set our agenda. So, you know, going back to Matthew 6, 33, Jesus was really clear. Seek first the kingdom of God, that's Jesus on the throne and his righteousness, that's his way of life. And all these things of life will be fallen into a place. And that's the, that's the key. And what Paul's doing in this letter is he's trying to get these believers to get them back to be in Christ. Remember, he uses that phrase some 15 times close to that phrase, some 15 times all throughout the book that they need to be in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. They need to be uh, saturated with Christ and putting him first. And then all these other things don't make a difference. Mm-hmm. But he does yeah. mention some things. He mentions things like uh, um, uh, regarding festivals and new moons. This is verse 16. Uh, and and Sabbath. We know that the, there's a lot of different rules that uh, the Jewish uh, uh, set of believers uh, or set of uh the Jewish faith tend to put a lot of things into, um, I need to follow this, 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 and those things then make me righteous and right towards God. And that's just not true. And, but it's, it seems, it seems right. I mean, I was involved in a legalistic church growing up and I just felt, okay, well, I just have to do those things because that's what God says. And it really, God's word never said that. And it just, they just made it up. It's kind of like the Pharisees who set this edge uh, before the, before the law and, and, you know, and tied heavy weights in Matthew 23 talks a lot about how, uh, Jesus was you know, point blank at the Pharisees saying, you were just, you were, you're hypocrites. You're telling people to do stuff. You don't even do yourself. Yeah. 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 And I think even with some of that too, and as we evaluate the the worldviews of our day, but even here uh, that 
it's an evaluation process. It's not a dismissal. So like with, with this um, passage, it talks about the festivals, the new moons, the Sabbath. And then verse 17 is these are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So he's not even saying these are bad things. These are non, these are things that don't justify you before God. These aren't things that, that make you righteous. Um, doesn't mean, especially for a, a believer of a Jewish heritage, that this is a terrible thing, right. but don't think that this is what it's all about. Jesus is what it's all been pointing to. And, and so he needs to be central in that. And I think that's important as we evaluate all the stuff that we have to deal with today, whether it's, you know, uh, race, uh, justice, anything, you know, I mean, fill in the blank. We as Christians play a different game than the world in a lot of ways. And, and in some ways we have, a, a we need to at least figure out ourselves how to work through these um, that, and, and it's, if we're always right on point with someone who is, is, espousing something without Jesus, then something's not right. Either they don't know about Jesus and they got it right without him, or we've bought into that as opposed to being centered first on Jesus and evaluating whatever those things are critically. I know, sorry, we jumped to application, but it, it yeah, no, that just evaluation piece is so important for good and ill to be discerning yeah. and yeah, we and discern around Jesus. Right. And we need to, as, as first John says, we need to test the spirit it says, Second Corinthians ten five says we need to hold every thought captive to the word of, to, to be obedient to Christ. We need to take those um, opportunities and really examine them. And and today it's it's the same thing. I mean, there's a lot of philosophies flowing around there. Justin, you mentioned them, whether they're race, education, uh, 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 wealth, uh, uh, this idea of this Christian nationalism that's really floating around right now, and and all these different philosophies and thinking that that don't really put Christ in the center place of life. They put, you know, a nationalism, uh, a freedom, uh, uh, a way of thinking uh, even ourself in that center place. And, and then everything begins to be destroyed at that point because it breaks down because we're not meant to have anything else but Jesus being that key um, driver's seat, seat of authority, seat of influence in our life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, no, that's, I think that's great. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, where do you want to go next? I, I, well, I, I just think probably it'd be probably good to say some things about, about some of these things just to help people understand, yeah. you know, why, why new moon Sabbath, why don't handle, don't touch, why this idea of ascenticism, what, what are some things that in our study that we've kind of uncovered about what was happening in Colossae at that time, maybe yeah. you on that. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's why I was, <laughs> I felt like we got ahead on application. So I didn't, I wanted to go back. I feel like we missed some things and that right. this is the kind of stuff, right? Like um, the CS Lewis in, in uh, screw tape letters talked right at the beginning. I don't know if it's his intro, but he talked about, there's basically two ways of um, the, there's often two, two extremes when it comes to how we think about the spiritual world and specifically the demonic is that either there's a demon behind every bush and we live paranoid or the other end is that we disbelieve it all together. And that there is uh, you know, and Satan's pleased with either the, the magician or the skeptic or what I don't remember his language, but I feel like that's kind of 
our challenge going at Colossians, then not the church necessarily, but the world at large is very, in many ways, disenchanted. They very, we're, we're more scientifically minded where we don't think about the spiritual world. The Colossians were on the other end. They were scared of everything. They lived in terror of the spiritual world. And so they lived really in a world where they were always trying to appease whatever these spiritual powers would be. So whether they be angels, demons, gods and goddesses, whatever, that's what they were about. And that's why there's this emphasis that Jesus is greater than all of it. Um, and so that was, uh, I have a, in some of my old notes from seminary, I have a, a picture, a photocopied picture of this amulet that people would have. And it has a list of, I don't know, probably 20 names. Some of them I can read, some of them I can't, but Michael, Raphael, um, it looks like Yao, which would be Yahweh. It's like just a list of a whole bunch of um, um angels and spiritual beings and they just kind of kept that handy uh, maybe as a cheat sheet of like who they needed to ask for if they were going to ask someone out on a date or whether they needed crops um the you know the crops to come in or whatever and you you had to dial it in um to asking the right deity or angel for the right stuff and uh and make sure you know it, it's a long list it's better to throw the wrong person in than leave the wrong person out right yeah. so um you know it, it was a very um spiritually immersed world and it's one thing to say yeah jesus is lord among all these others but that's not what paul's saying he's saying he's the lord and he's he's stomped these guys like they they all either serve him as angels or they've been crushed by him at the cross if they're demonic so yeah and it's and it's exclusive it's it's jesus and jesus alone not jesus and not jesus you know mixed in with the whole group of all of them it's Mm -hmm. just Jesus and understanding who he is that he, and you know, like he, and he explained very, very clearly in chapter one, who he is. And now he says in verse six, therefore, as you receive him, as you come to that place of faith and belief and put them in that uh, highest seat of authority and influence in your life. So walk in him. So now live life his way rooted and built up verse seven in him established in faith just as you were taught that it's, it's, it's all around. That's the, that's the road. That's the path to go. And it is very, you know, I mean, it's, it, cause you know, I know like, especially with these vaccines coming on and then now that in, in our state here, the vaccine mandates happening and, and, and there's a, there's a, a struggle with, you know, feeling our, our uh, freedoms are being taken away. And there's a, there's a desire to make that a biblical thing. And there's the Bible has really nothing to say about vaccines. Uh, you know, it doesn't really say that. You know, it does say about government: render unto Caesar what is Caesar, render unto God what is God's. And you know, there, this is a this is a, a definite issue, uh, political governance issue about losing freedoms. I would agree with that all over the place. You know, it's it's, it's it seems like what happened to the United States of America, this democratic republic. Uh, now it's it, it, there's there's freedoms being taken away, which is hard reality. But it's you know that 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 philosophy that that I'm I, I am of faith and so therefore my view of the nation should be in that it's not it we gotta erase that out of there it's just Jesus and following Him. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Carrie. Were you- oh, just thinking like part of part of why it comes down to Jesus being so central is the middle part of chapter two where Paul first talks about his deity. Right. And I think you guys had mentioned some of that earlier. Is that anything you guys want to elaborate on too? 
Yeah, I mean, this is, I noticed in those couple of verses, you know, starting in 8, 9, 10, really, it just is recapitulating what has already happened in Colossians, right? So I think, is it verse, verse 9 is just the the Christ hymn in one sentence, you know, he took six verses to say it earlier, um, very poetically of, you know, that in him the full but here it's just one sentence in him the fullness of deity dwells and so it's it's a very succinct um rich part of that and i like it just back to what mike said a minute ago of, of kind of all um everything going back and and being connected to christ is there really is an all roads lead to rome type idea in this passage maybe that's not the best analogy to use but uh, or phrase um but with this like there's so many questions and, and a lot we don't know in this in this passage, and yet Jesus still answers it. Like, right. for example, the worship of angels, and we can get deep into that, uh, deeper into that if we want. But one of the views, and it came out in our actual our life group last night of people are reading their footnotes, and it says there's like three main views. There's the worship of angels, that you're actually worshiping angels. There's one that's you worship through angels, which is angels are kind of an intermediary intermediary i get that and then the third one is worshiping with angels that it's some kind of spiritual experience and that seems like it's of a different class but it doesn't matter it's still the fact of the matter is you can have great spiritual experiences or not but the question is are you connected to the head that you know so so no matter which way you go you do your choose adventure choose your own adventure even on this passage doesn't matter are you in Jesus and is, is he serving as the, the Lord of your life or not? You know, so um, it's, it's a really cool adventure and really a lot of curious pieces where you don't know where it goes, but you know where it ends. And, and so there's, there's kind of, despite so much uncertainty, there's a ton of certainty <laughs> in terms yeah, of where it lands. That, and I think, you know, verse 10 is so is, is awesome in this because it not only says it for, for in him, verse nine in Christ, the, the, the fullness of deity dwells. So Jesus is God in, and chapter one, verse 15 to 17, just explains that really clearly. But then he says this, he says, and you have been filled within him. In other words, that he is definitely part of your life. And so, and he is the head and the ruler of all authority. So you've got the top dog with you right there. None of these others, have anything to do with that this is you know you and you can go directly right to him because one of the thoughts in that day was that god was so lofty and so high there's no way you could ever connect with him you needed this intermediary this angel to come between you and god and and you know uh, that's not true it, it we have the ability to boldly go to into the throne room of god and, and talk to him because of what Christ has done for us. When we come to faith in him, we are made a family. We are made uh, part of his and he welcomes us in uh, just like the, uh, you know, when my grandkids come to the church and they come in here, they just boldly burst right into my office. Does it make a difference? Who's here? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and because they know they can boldly come into, to my office because of the relationship we have with uh we have and the same thing with god because of our relationship uh <clears throat> with him we have that ability and 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 then and christ the most powerful is with us mm -hmm. and if christ before us who could be against us right right yeah yeah no absolutely mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I love that in uh in hebrews um the author is writing to uh 
a congregation that knows so much about the Jewish uh, culture and, and religious background and everything. He's quoting the Old Testament all the time. And he says in chapter 10, verse 22, that we can draw near to God with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Right. We can approach his throne completely boldly, even because of what Christ has done. And then early at the very beginning of Hebrews in chapter one, he talks about how Jesus is so much higher than the angels. Yeah. He's not just one of a bunch of created spiritual beings floating around, uh, he, but he's, he's literally God as verse three says, he's the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. That's, that's a God worth serving. And that's a God that, that can truly, we can connect with. That's good news. <laughs> Yeah, and and I think the idea of this idea of asceticism is good to bring up as well, and uh, and all, and the severity that it talks about living life, uh, you know, austere and things like that, and some of the practices of faith. Uh, these were done to say I'm more righteous if I go without, if I'm humble and gaunt and you know go without food or do this, I'm I'm somehow more righteous in that. N- nothing makes us more righteous or less righteous. It's our righteousness is because of our faith in Christ and we are covered with him and made righteous by him. And so, but these, but like you're saying, Justin, I think this is a really important point. It doesn't mean we throw everything out because there's a good spiritual practices of fasting to be hungry, to go without, and as a sense of uh, time to, to delve deeper into prayer. There's, there's good uh, practice of sacrificing our finances and sacrificing our time uh, for the cause of Christ, there's good <clears throat> uh, practice in not, you know, like it says, don't handle, don't t- don't taste those touch. I mean, there are some things that, you know, as I brought out on Sunday that in Psalm one, it says, you know, don't stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of scoffers, uh, you know, don't, there's some things that we don't do, you know, we, we need to stay away from some issues uh, because they can have effect on us. And that's, those, that's just regular practice of faith. It's helping build muscles of faith but we're not depending upon our righteousness or our stance with God for those. And that's a big difference. And I think Paul's trying to keep, he keeps hammering those home now. And then, and as we go into verse uh, chapter three, he really now talks about, okay, here's how to live in this newness of life as part of uh, a follower of Jesus. And so that's the, this next chapter is, is really going to be exciting when we talk about, the things that we are to put on and push away from and, and all of that. So it's, it's really going to be some, some, some more, uh, some deeper, uh, and he's going to get specific too. He gets specific with different uh, things that we should, you know, pull back from. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think that's great. And I, it, and I think that's with that, we're looking at how critical that connect, connection to the head is right. Mm-hmm. That that makes the difference between, whether something is, you know, like being done to be seen or whether it's done as unto Christ, you know, with these uh, fasting and whatnot. And Jesus talks about that in the Sermon on the Mount. I, I, I pulled off the New King James. Someone in our life group was using the New King James, and they talked about um, in verse uh, asceticism is what the English Standard Version is, but in the New King James, it's false humility, you know, and, and I thought, 
And so that jumped out of like, okay, whoa, what is going on here? But that fits very well with the image of the Pharisees in the Sermon on the Mount who, you know, disfigure their faces when they're fasting. And Jesus says, hey, oil up, you know, look your best. Um, uh, those, you know, don't sound the trumpet when you give, give in secret. So, um, yeah, I think it's very much, um, there's a lot of discerning in here. This it, Everything's very clear. And if you're connected to Jesus, then it's great stuff. And if you're not, then um, you're in the danger zone that you really need to pay attention to why you're doing what you're doing, because that's what makes it, you know, it has the appearance of wisdom. This stuff isn't going to look stupid to us. It, it's it's going to be subtle. Um, and that's why we need to be um, diligent and, and grounded as we wrestle with it. Right. And, I, and I think the the key is, and what Paul is bringing across here, is to understand and to delve deep into what being in Christ means. So, you know, as we walk through life and faith, what does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean to, to be with him? What does it mean, as, as verse 6 says, to walk in him? And the best I can come up with is that, <clears throat> is to place him in that uh, seat of influence, and to listen to his voice, to put him as that high coach uh, that you listen to and that you, okay, I'm going to listen to what he's saying, and I'm going to follow what he says yeah. and just bring that through every aspect of my life. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, yeah, I think we want to, we're, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up, but I think to go with that too is, is to just remember what he's done. Right. I mean, that's what so much of this was, is, is, this passage in particular is um, why would you listen to him going forward? Cause look what he's done. Like okay. he, he has taken our sins and he has obliterated them on the cross. He's borne the weight. He's borne the judgment of that. And so um, he's worth listening to, you know, every, everything you just said, um, you know, if someone says, well, why should I, that's why, cause he's given everything um, when we were undeserving that he had no, um, motivation at least out of our goodness that would make him say yeah let me save them um and yet he did at, at much cost to himself so yeah, uh, yeah. follow yeah. him he's proven himself trustworthy <clears throat> absolutely absolutely and i would say that it's it's really looking at our life and asking the question who really is the influ who's who really is the greatest influence of my life who really influences the decisions I make, what really influences the decisions I make? Who is it that is in that top place? Is it how I feel? Is it how uh, I think? Or is it how others think? Or is it really what Jesus thinks? And is there a, a application in God's word to, to that? And how can I understand that and do some study in that? And it's not easy. You can't just turn to, you know, first Mike 118 and go, oh, this is what I should do. You know, it's, it's, I have to wrestle with these things and, and exactly what you said, Justin, to, to wrestle with who Jesus is and do I really see him in that authority? He said, it says, you know, he's the, he's the king, he's the king of Kings. He's, he's, he's the high goalie one. Mm -hmm. Do I really believe that? And if so, what does that look like in my life? Do I really follow what he says? And hopefully the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and I think, um, yeah. And just, I think we're wrapping up. It's just that um, to be discerning on that. Cause I, I, that was the appreciation I had in this passage too, was, you know, it says at verse 23, 
that it has the appearance of wisdom. And so um, us being sucked into something that's off center with Jesus is if we saw it coming, we wouldn't do it. And so it just takes a diligence and a connection to him on a daily basis, being connected to his people, being in community, all those things that are those spiritual disciplines that feel like asceticism sometimes, but uh, to do it in a way that helps keep us connected to Jesus um, and, and not just connected. We're always connected because he, what he's done for us, but to keep, stay relationally connected and listening to him in a way that we perceive it. So I think that's a, I don't know. That's, that's my encouragement uh, for all of us. Awesome, man. This has been great. You guys. Thanks. Uh, it's good being in God's word and there's just so much to pull out of it. Um, man, thanks. Thank you for joining us here on the revive podcast. Again, special shout out to Bob, our awesome audio tech who edits each of these episodes and, uh, yeah, keep reviving your soul by subscribing to this Neighborhood Church podcast on iTunes, wherever you find your podcasts. And learn more about all the topics we've talked about today. Check out neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram or at our Neighborhood Church of Cyprus, Neighborhood Church of Los Alamitos YouTube channels. And if you have any questions, you can write me, Kerry, K-E-R-R-Y, at neighborhoodchurch.com. We hope you can join us next time. And until then, we pray that God does revive your soul. <laughs>